Now have yourself a merry Epstein Christmas night. Hey everybody, I just wanted to pop in, do a toyed hour, cause uh my girlfriend was gracious enough to take the child over to the mall so I could quickly jump in and record this podcast. Uh and Lots going on out there in the world. Uh, all the stuff you probably know about the uh, whole thing that this is funny because last week, two weeks ago, whatever, last episode of the podcast, I was talking about how I ended up talking about how Alex Jones is back on Twitter and David Icke and stuff. But I had mentioned that I was prepping to do an Israeli B Palestine, i.e. in the Gaza war zone, the Gaza war. That's what they should call it. Anyways, I was, t- I was talking about how I was going to record one of those, and then I didn't want to because it's all bad juju, and I was actually kind of scared of the pushback from that. But in the two weeks that's happened since then, a lot's been going on. First of all, the Pope said that Israel's doing terrorism when they sniped some women in a uh, Catholic church. Was it Catholic? A Catholic church in the Gaza which Israel obviously denied. But now that the Pope's speaking out against Israel, it's kind of like, it's not like I'm Christian and, well, I am Christian, I guess you could say. I'm non-practicing. I'd, I'd figure myself more of a Gnostic if I had to pin it down, but that's the same kind of set of beliefs anyways. But it's like it opened up this thing where it's like if the Pope is denouncing Israel's aggressive or like their tactics in Gaza, then it kind of, it's like, Hey, if the Pope says it's bad, we can all talk about it now. So, and the thing I was talking about last episode was I was going to, cause I've, I've been working on this little conspiracy theory, if you will, which it's the only reason we're here, right? We just want to talk conspiracies. We just want to have brainstorming big imaginations of what could possibly be going on. And the short version of this conspiracy is the U.S. and the U.K. and Germany and all those countries. So basically U.S., Canada, and Europe won't denounce what – actually, Canada called for a ceasefire. Okay, sorry. Sorry. I'm going to try to be succinct. I only have an hour, so I'm trying to cram everything in. Okay. So the U.S. and most of Europe refuses to denounce Israel – even backing them no matter what, saying there are no red flags or are, are no red lines because of Epstein. Now, you're like, what does Epstein have to do with Israel? Well, see, a lot of people were talking about how Epstein was a secret agent, must have been like working for one of the alphabet agencies, a lot of CIAs bantied about. But it's all, it's it's less Epstein and more Ghislaine Maxwell because if you do the – degree of separation she is Ghislaine say Israel's Kevin Bacon Ghislaine Maxwell is what one degree separation Kevin Bacon because Ghislaine's Max Ghislaine Maxwell's dad was actually purported to be a Mossad agent and Mossad is basically 
in layman's terms, Israel's CIA. So what I, my conspiracy theory is that Ghislaine Maxwell and Epstein were running this kind of like two, not two pronged, but like kind of secret service liaison between the CIA and the Mossad where they would fly people out to little St. James. Is that what it was called? I always call it little Sebastian, but that's the, the mini pony on parks and recreation. But I, so I did, I did get a Wikipedia page and pulled it up just so I would make sure I said little St. James, which is in the U S Virgin islands. This is the Island that Epstein owned and he would fly people there and he would get them to have sex with underage girls for age 14 and up. And then the whole Island had like this, not the whole Island, but the Island had this big resort on it. And there was video recording, sound recording. Basically it was a honey trap for Epstein to fly people in, get them to screw around, record it, and then have blackmail so that he could do stuff. So they, people were saying that he was doing this on behalf of the CIA so the CIA could run stuff through the American government. But as I'm saying, it was also the Mossad. So the reason that the U.S. and U.K. and Germany and all these, because they just did this big vote with the U.N. I think there was 150 countries. Sorry, it's hard to research. Okay, full disclaimer. There's going to be a lot of times on this podcast where I, where I say about or something like, and that's because... I didn't want to waste another two weeks finding the exact numbers on everything because this is such a big subject with so many tangents that I could do. I should probably just start a whole new podcast to cover all this material in like a hundred episodes. It would be like Dale's true crime episode Epstein and I could just go through everything. But also, I don't want to look into all this stuff too bad. Because even just the amount that I looked into it in the last couple of weeks just hurts my soul. It kind of almost ruined my Christmas. I'm just going to go out and say it. Epstein and the darkness and what Israel's doing in Palestine has ruined my Christmas. It's hard to be happy, holly jolly when you know that Israel is doing war crimes. And nobody's saying anything about it because we're all too scared to say it because... We're scared we're going to get thrown off social media. Okay, this was something I was going to talk about. Okay, wait. I'll finish my first thought. Sorry, I'm rambly. This is why Neil doesn't. Neil's my older brother. Tells me he doesn't listen to this podcast because I ramble too much. And then I, I just got to be like, that's who I am. Okay. Back. Let's just jump back. Sorry if you have been listening to this podcast and then you're like, I'm lost. Dale switched topics like three times and you rewind like 30 seconds and then you go back and be like i didn't lose track of what dale was talking about he's just skipping all over the fucking place and it's hard hard i was gonna say horrible and hard at the same time it's horribly hard to follow along okay sorry going back so the un held this vote on a ceasefire in palestine israel which i don't know how much that matters to fucking anything because the UN can't really just be like, Hey, stop doing war. Otherwise they would have told the U S that. So around 150 countries voted like 143 said, yeah, fucking do ceasefire. You're doing war crimes. 
And then a couple so were like, yeah, we're not talking. We're not, we're not voting. We're abstaining. So it's like you vote present where you're like, I was there, but I chose not to vote. So it's like you, the country like Germany and UK did this. So they're like, we're not telling Israel to stop, but we're also not telling them we're okay with what's going on. So they said that. And then the only ones to say no, veto the uh, ceasefire was the U.S. and like U.S. proxy, like all those little countries that the U.S. just pays their like GDP and just uses them to vote in the U.N. Again, not something I want to get into because A, it's boring research. B, I have to learn everything along the way just for layman's terms and for our what we're talking about today, we don't need to know all the political backing. All we need to know is that the U.S. has countries that are members of the U.N. that just vote with the U.S. because the U.S. gives them money because the U.S. is a nice guy and supports them. Okay. Now that I got... Okay, so that's why... Okay. I keep saying, okay, like it's like, I'm just trying to reset my own brain. This is why I did write notes for this episode, but uh, this is like the preamble before the notes. So, oh my God. So anyways, that's why. Okay. So yeah. So my, my conspiracy theory, trying to, just trying to pull my brain in. I'm just, I'm just freaking out. I'm just freaking out because I'm trying to get this all done fast. I'm going to leave one drink in so you can see my sexy Dale show mug. Sorry if you heard that and you fucking drove off the road because you can't handle noise of people drinking. Hey, I'm with you. I'm only going to leave that one in so you can see that sexy Dale show mug. Okay. So my conspiracy theory was the reason that the U S UK and Germany didn't vote hey, let's do a ceasefire is because all this blackmail that Mossad slash Israel has on the governmental members and the media members and just the big swinging dicks in all those countries. I guess the big floppy tits. What's the girl version of big swinging dicks? Like the like you say big swinging dicks when some dudes have lots of power, like uh, what's his name? Ghislaine's dad, Robert... Maxwell must yeah Robert Maxwell he was a big swinging dick because not only did he was he a Mossad agent I don't I'm just gonna say he's a Mossad agent if I'm wrong prove me wrong I guess but not only was he that but he owned this giant media corporation in Britain and he was an MP in Britain and all this stuff which is crazy because he was a Czechoslovakian born British man and then okay full let's uh okay so let's just tell you who ian robert maxwell was he was born june 1923 he died in 1991 he fell off his yacht apparently he was peeing naked into the ocean and they're like the people who worked on the hour like yeah he always fucking did that in the middle of the night would get up and go pee off the bow of the boat naked and then he like had a heart attack and fell in, but I think he was killed because he pissed off some people because that day 
he was arguing with his son because he had to have a meeting with like some British bank because he was defaulting on $50 million loan. And then he's like, I'm not going to this meeting. I'm going to go out on my yacht and screw around. And then he died. So here's another like little sub side conspiracy theory. So what might've happened was he had this default meeting with the bank and he's like, all right, I got it. I have all this access to secret money from stuff that nobody knows about. So I'm going to pay, like save my own skin by paying off the bank. And then the people who were attached to that secret money on the side, not saying who, because I don't know who, if I, if I had a theory of who it was, or if I had heard someone else talk about a theory, who it was, I would just tell you, I'm not keeping secrets for this guy. I just don't know who it was. So whoever was attached to this money, probably just, uh, you know, pushed him off the side of the boat when he was peeing or yeah, they said he had his body. I just read this. I don't, I don't know this just in the back of my brain floating around every day, but I was, it was part of the research I was doing today. So they said his body had a light gash on the, his left shoulder. And that was the only like injuries his body had. So maybe he fell over and then fell in. So they could have get, they could have hit him like with a, maybe a trank dart with that heart attack juice. It's, it's like so crazy. Like in like the 50 CIAs and shit, when they used to kill each other, they used to use like shellfish poisoning that would seem like a heart attack. So they would like, yeah, remember when I was talking about that guy from the CIA and he was like putting it up, trying to put on Castro's toothbrush. So it could have been that. And then he gets a heart attack. And then when he's falling, he hits his arm on the part of the bow, maybe the railing or whatever, and then falls in. Anyways, so this guy, Maxwell, I forgot, Robert Max, Ian Robert Maxwell, one of the closest ties he has, like it's, it was never official that he was a Mossad agent, but um, this is from his Wikipedia page. I'll just read it to you because that's easier than me summating it. A hint of Maxwell's service to Israel was provided by John Loftus and Mark Ahrens, who described Maxwell's contacts with Czechoslovak communist leaders in 1948 as a cru as crucial to the Czechoslovak. Sorry, it's it's awkward to say this because they don't call it Czechoslovakia; they just call it Czeso Czechoslovak. Like they don't say they don't say Czechoslovakian communist leader which i'm used to saying they just say czechoslovak communist leader sorry okay i'm just gonna start that sentence over maxwell's content contacts with czechoslovak communist leaders in 1948 as crucial to the czechoslovak decision to arm israel in the 1948 arab israel war spoiler alert what's happened in gaza this isn't the first time this is like the fourth big one Czechoslovak military assistance was both unique and crucial for Israel in the war. According to Loftus and Ahrens, it was Maxwell's covert help in smuggling aircraft parts into Israel that led to the country having air supremacy during the 1948 Palestine War, which this war back then was when the Arab countries attacked israel like you know how israel's always like we have the right to exist and stuff that's talking about these previous wars 
where the Arab countries were like, yo, the Levant region has been ours for 700 years. And after the British beat the Ottoman Empire in the First World War and took this area from us and then gave Jewish people a statehood in there and just made Israel, we want to get rid of them. So they attack them. And then Israel, with the help of Maxwell, has air like superior air defense, and they they get victory from the defensive, which is crazy, because it's like Israel, like they attack so hard that Israel, it's kind of almost like the opposite of what's happening right now. But so Israel did so good at defending itself that they won, and the attackers had to be like, okay, truce. We don't want to do this anymore. You're defending too good, which is crazy because usually the defender never gets victory. They just get the war to stop. And the people who are attacking are like, all right, we're going to give you good surrender terms because we don't want to attack you. But in this situation, they won. And the Arab countries were like, all right, you're so good at defending. We like lost too much. Please don't counterattack us. And then what happened was they kicked all the Palestines out of what is now Israel and moved them into the Gaza Strip and the bank. Oh, fuck, I should have looked this up. Anyways, so basically the Levant region or Israel or whatever we refer to as is broken up into three areas. Sorry, I'm not going to do maps. I just want to get this over with in a joint hour. So it's just going to be speaking. And I just talked myself into a hole and I'm sorry. So I'm going to explain this. So the Levant region, which is what it's been referred to since the Bible. I don't know why, but that's like basically the area from the river to the sea, which you've heard that term. So in that area right now, there is Israel, the Gaza Strip and the West Bank. Gaza Strip and the West Bank are both full of Palestinians. They're not really... They're like kind of, I don't know. It's weird because it's not, they're not like two hat provinces in a country because Gaza Strip is um, controlled by, why did I forget? Hamas. Wow. And the West Bank is controlled by the Palestinian Liberation Organization. And they're kind of like the same people, but they don't talk. And then there's Israel. So why was that? Oh yeah. So. After Britain beat um, the Ottoman Empire, which is, I guess, Turkey now, they took, they made Israel, and then they gave the West Bank to Jordan and the Gaza Strip to Egypt. And then I think after this, somewhere, I can't remember, I didn't look up all this history because I didn't plan to talk about it this much. Somewhere along the line, Egypt and Jordan were like, fuck, we don't want this anymore. It's too much of a headache. So we're not controlling these people anymore. So they handed, I think this was in the, the war that was in the 60s. They kind of gave control to Israel. And Israel's like, yeah, we'll look after them. We'll build a wall around the Gaza Strip. Anyways, that's too much. I don't want to get into that. So anyways, so now they're kind of on their own. And now when you hear about people saying Egypt should take people out of the Gaza Strip, that's why. Because Egypt used to control the Gaza Strip, when the, but then was like hands off, like we, we can't handle this anymore. And Jordan doesn't want to take anybody out of like 
the West Bank because the last time a whole bunch of Palestinians left and went to Jordan, they kind of like a lot of them are Islamic fundamentalists, whereas Jordan is isn't as much. So they kind of set up a, like this whole thing that's like it's hard to talk about because you just get called an Islamophobe and a racist and stuff when you start talking about caliphates and what happens. It's basically the same as every religion ever. They go to a country and they try to establish themselves and then they try to spread the word of God and enlighten people and make their lives better by converting them to their religion. And I totally forgot what I was talking about. Okay, so that's... <laughs> we're still talking about Ghislaine Maxwell's dad. So that's how he helped the country. He smuggled in war parts so that Israel could have jet fighters or planes. I don't know. They are probably... Probably a mixture of propeller jet fighters back then. And then they beat back the people invading them. And then he totally didn't work for Mossad after that. And he went to Britain and he became an MP um, for an area. And I can't remember. But anyways, it's pretty obvious. I'm only telling you this all to make it how obvious it was that Robert Maxwell was a Mossad agent and working for Israel. Some say he had three allegiances, like he was a triple spy, which is crazy. Like a double spy would be stressful enough, but they're saying he was like working for Britain, Israel, and Russia, which I don't know how you work that out in your head. Maybe that's how he died peeing because one of those three people just were like, all right, enough of this. And they got rid of him. Okay. So Ghislaine Maxwell's his daughter and she just goes into like recruiting for um fashion companies like this was her cover so what would happen was here let's let me go to my notes because i took notes and this free balling off the top of my head isn't helping anyone out and i'm pretty sure you're all just being like dale fuck get it together although if you're listening to episode 33 of the dale show you're probably not doing that anymore you're like you know what i find dale's ramblings whimsical and even though he doesn't give me exact dates because that's why he can't study history because he forgets specific numbers, he does give me a good layout of why things are happening the way they're happening. Okay, now I have to interject with a total sub point, sub side point, sub point. Well, I guess, okay, I mean side point, but the reason I said sub was because Dale's background issues with processing this podcast is just gonna be like subplot c for the remainder of this podcast when i'm doing it by myself and the reason sorry if this seems disjointed but i just stopped there because one time i was the first episode that i was back to recording by myself after jeff just stepped out because he had to work through some stuff um still don't know if i'm allowed to sit so cagey and weird that i brought it up why did i bring it up anyways but it makes sense. Like if you don't want to, it's, it's actually hard to record a podcast. The hardest part about it is just getting the time to record. Cause like when you're in your forties, your life is just laid out. Like you got to go to work. That's most of your time. And then when you have a kid, you like got to watch your kid, but you can get your girlfriend to watch or wife or significant other SO they can watch the kid, but not all the time. And that's why I'm doing this tight hour thing because Andrew was like, hey, I'm such a good person that I'm going to take Rube, 
my daughter, I don't know if I'm supposed to, other podcast hosts refuse to say the real name of their daughters and kids. So I'm just not going to, um, she took the kid to the mall and she was like, you can record right now on Christmas Eve instead of doing family things because she's a gem and I love her and she probably won't watch this. So there's no reason for me to suck up. So that's just proof that I'm not sucking up. Anyways, the whole reason I brought up this subplot C was I found out that when I was recording, sometimes if you record too long, because what I do is I use the program Filmora. Okay, we're just going to complete behind the curtain. I use the program Filmora because it's like a nice um, click and drag uh, video recording thing. And what I do when I have multiple people on, like me and another person, is we record it off Zoom and then I just put the raw film in and then I cut it. But when you use Filmora, you got to record through your webcam on that program. So that's what I was doing. And then the first time I did this when I was on by myself, the video was too long and it ended up not being able to convert it. And I was like, what the fuck? What happened? It just disappeared. And it turns out that when you record off Filmora, it saves a backup of the piece you recorded. It just doesn't magically live in the actual video file it's saved to my documents program files my documents filmora anybody else who's had this problem and you go in there and it was like an hour-long episode recorded through filmora is 30 gigabytes so i had filled up my whole fucking computer and that's why if i recorded too long it would it wouldn't just like because it after you record for like a certain amount of time it like has to it records as you're going and then once you stop it it's like brr, like i don't know shapes the file to finish it or what i don't know how it works but anyways i found that if i record in 20 minute chunks it doesn't crash then today i went and i found all those files and i deleted them and i like freed up 200 gigabytes worth of space so now i don't have to do that anymore but i'm choosing to do that because it's a lot easier to process back end. So like what happens is when I'm talking by myself, my throat gets a little dry and then I need a drink. And I don't want to, like I said previous in the episode, this is the only time you'll hear me drink. I don't want to make you listen to me drink because I fucking hate mouth noises. And I'm just recording the podcast I want to hear. And I know if somebody else is drinking on their podcast, it drives me nuts and I turn it off. So what I do is every time I need a drink, I cut the video and I actually record this in three or four or five chunks. And then when I go to process it later, it's actually a lot easier to edit because I don't have to skim through the whole video to find the parts where I'm drinking. I could just cut off the front and end of each snippet. Also, I guess that I just outed myself as not watching through the whole thing and while I'm editing it because I would just turn a couple hour project into days. So I just try not to say anything racist, try not to swear too much. And then I know, but if I do say something I got to edit out, which I don't want to do, cause I kind of want to just give you the free, free throw, just give you just fucking untapped mouth diarrhea garbage spitting out. Because if you start chopping it up and you're as rambly as me and I jump all over the place, so it's like almost like staccato thinking anyway, where it's just like, dit, 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 dit. if I add breaks in on top of that, 
it's just going to be like fucking Dave Franco, like trying to listen to that guy when he's just like, hey, ho, hey, hey, ho, hey, and I'm not going to do that to you. So there's a five minute aside with a peek behind the curtain. And now I'm going to go back and I'm going to look at my notes. So the reason I said this is Epstein list miss list miss. That's a fucking annoying thing to say. Way to go, Dale. Just give everybody an overdose of semblance for Christmas. Side note, the way to tell if you need a new mic is if your semblance pops the mic, which is, this is my fourth recording one. Okay, that's enough side notes. It's enough fucking peek behind the curtain. Also, if anybody ever wants to talk to me about recording a, a podcast, it's a lot easier and harder than you think it is at the same time. But, like, you don't need one of those stand-up mics in front of your face. I don't use them because they cover my whole face and I like this mic because it goes with me wherever I go so it doesn't get too much louder or quieter. But if you ask for advice of other podcasters, they'll be like, oh, you can't use a headset. Like I was told by a guy, he's like, I've done many podcasts and you can't use a gaming headset. And it's like, buddy, I've been recording for five fucking years on a headset and it's been fine. So you could just... Take your shit and shove it up your shit fucking hole thing where stuff isn't supposed to go up. All right. It's enough side notes. Sorry. Trying to get this all out in an hour. So (laughs) that's also why I'm not like fucking stopping and restarting. Okay. So the reason I called this Listmas, Epstein Listmas, I'll just read you. So this is from an ABC News article. Just go to abcnews.go.com. December 19th, the headline is Federal Judge Orders Documents Naming Jeffrey Epstein's Associate to be Unsealed. Okay, sorry. Last side note. The reason I brought up the whole Israel, Robert Maxwell, Ghislaine Maxwell as a Mossad agent is because I feel like this judge might have brought this out of fucking nowhere because to put pressure on the people that have been backing Israel so this is just like what I'm I'm just reading extrapolating proof of my own conspiracy theory through this. And this is actually why I ended up recording this because I wasn't going to record this. And then this judge says she okay, so on December 18th, Judge Loretta Preska ordered the documents unsealed in the since settled defamation lawsuit that Epstein's accuser accuser, Virginia Guffrey. Should have looked how to say that. Brought against Epstein's one-time paramour, Ghislaine Maxwell, back in 2015. The lawsuit claimed that the British socialite defamed her by telling the media that her claims of sexual abuse by Epstein and Maxwell were obvious lies. This is a per- so what ha- so the Epstein list that everybody says they want is from this case back in 2015. This Virginia Goofrey, she had before this she had accused Epstein of molesting her when she was 14, recruiting her to have like sex with men and all that stuff on the Epstein list. And Ghislaine and Epstein had called her a liar and all this stuff. So she sued Ghislaine Maxwell on defamation by saying that she, her calling her a liar, like hurt her reputation and her ability to make money and stuff. And this is brilliant because at least in Canada, I don't, I'm not too familiar with uh, U.S. law, but in Canada, 
when you go to journalism school, one thing, one thing they teach you about is defamation because as a journalist, this is why you get everything right because on Canadian law, defamation or libel or slander, it's all the same thing. It's just, you refer to it differently in different situations. Like libel is when you print some libel is when you like print some defamation, like you're slandering somebody. So you slander somebody, slander them. Like, so say I call someone a piece of shit and they lie and they stole everything. That's me slandering them. The defamation is how it affects their reputation and their ability to make money. And then the liable part is I'm liable. Like legally I'm liable to be responsible for the defamation that they had occurred and affected them. Sorry if that's not true, whatever. So in journalism school, they taught us about libel law because it's so important because if you get sued by somebody, it's the only law in the books that's reverse onus. So the way it works, like if you watch cop shows and stuff is you're guilty till prove or you're innocent till proven guilty. So onus is basically guilt. So reverse onus means reverse guilt. So what that means, if you get sued by libel for libel, it's up to you to prove that you're innocent. You're not considered innocent under libel. So her, um, this goofy girl suing Ghislaine Maxwell is a brilliant move because Ghislaine Maxwell now has to prove that she's innocent in slandering Goofy instead of like say like so before this Goofy would try to would try to sue Epstein for like molesting her and stuff but she would have to prove how Epstein was guilty of doing this but with the libel for Ghislaine Maxwell she Ghislaine now has to prove that she didn't do what Goofy's doing. So what happened was during this lawsuit, 170 names came out that Goofy had to tell. So basically Goofy was like, she slandered me. Here's all the witnesses that know what I'm saying is true. So she would have named all these people who were in part, like were associated with, Epstein. So this list of 170 names includes a whole bunch of people who were, I guess, um, alleged to have partaken in the abuse of these young women and a lot of the young women of her co-abuse, I guess. So this list of 170 names was brought out so the court, so Ghislaine Maxwell could talk to them and be like, tell them I'm not lying about this girl being a liar, blah, blah, blah. So this civil lawsuit and civil means it's not like, it's just like basically Jufri was suing Ghislaine Maxwell for money and not trying. So like a civil suit is when someone's suing someone else for money and like, it's not the one where if you're guilty, you go to jail. It's one where if you're guilty, you just pay money. But so like when, um, OJ Simpson got civil sued like the family of the people he killed civil sued him and then he lost and had to pay them a bunch of money. So basically a civil suit, you'll see a lot of times where someone will try to like a prosecutor will try to sue somebody and convict them of a crime and then put them in jail. Sometimes that fails 
And then the victims of that crime are so upset that they go, hey, I'm going to now sue you in civil court where it has nothing to do with the government. It's just me suing you for money. So that's what this is. So <clears throat> Virginia Goofrey sued Ghislaine Maxwell for damages to her reputation. And then they had this list of 170 people. And then, but this, this suit was settled out of court, which means Ghislaine gave Virginia Goofrey a bunch of money in 2017. And then when you settle something like that, basically a lot of people like Ms. Maxwell, what would happen is she would settle this out of court. And basically what that does is it seals up all those 170 names. You don't have to say how much you gave um, Goofrey. And it's like a lot of people kind of interpret this as guilt, but a lot of times like say someone like Maxwell will just give the accuser money just to make them go away. Cause they don't have time to sit in courts and stuff. Cause they got to go out and make money doing bit. Like that's more of a thing in like when you're doing like corporate stuff. So like if you're the CEO of a company and someone sues you for something, a lot of times you'll settle with them so that you don't have to go to court and you can get back to work because you'll end up spending, wasting more money by giving your time to the courts instead of just cutting off these people a, ch a check. Anyways, um, this is the girl that uh, accused Prince Andrew of having sex with her, and he also settled with her last year. That's 2022. So take that as you may. It probably means that he did it. <clears throat> okay, so Maxwell... Happy ending to the story is last uh, two years ago, I think, or last year, 21. She's in jail for 20 years because uh, what she did with Epstein. Um, she was convicted of sex trafficking and procuring, gr procuring girls for Epstein. So what would have happened was she would say she was working with like a fashion company and she would go talk to like 14-year-old girls because that's when they start fashion. It's disgusting. I don't like the whole fashion industry. I think it's gross. And those girls are way too skinny because they make they the reason they're all skinny is because they want them to look like the clothes are on a coat hanger, which you could just put them on a coat hanger instead of like being like, I don't know. The fashion industry never made sense to me. And it's like, call me a fucking scrub or whatever, but I refuse to learn about the fashion industry or have anything to do with it. I only kind of had like a slight running into it. I used to be really into photography until basically everybody can take their own pictures and nobody respects it as an art firm anymore. But there was one time when I went to a fashion show to take photos and it was just like so much pretentiousness. I was just like, I don't even want to fucking deal with this. Even if I make money, I don't want this on my soul. That was back when I was in my 20s and early tw late 20s, early 30s when – I was all idealistic and it's like, I don't want to make money. I just want to make my art and feel good about myself. So now after that, I went into welding so I could make money and keep my art like this separate because I make no money on this. But if you want me to make money, just go to uh, Patreon, the Dale show and cough her up, baby. Oh, and I also am, I made a promise to myself, to the universe, I guess that, what did I say? 10% of all of my profit I will give to Wikipedia because that's pretty much all I do for research is I go on Wikipedia. Like right now I have 
five Wikipedia tabs. Four. Sorry, I was just embellishing. I had one and I closed it. But uh, that's where I do all my research because it links to each other and stuff. And it's like some people say Wikipedia is not real or it's false, but they have footnotes on everything. So you can do the back research. But anyways, Wikipedia is amazing. It's pretty much like the current library of Alexandria. As you could tell when I brought up my cup, I took another break. So anyways, um, where were we? We're reading through my notes. Okay. The documents may not make clear why a certain individual became associated with Goofy's lawsuit, but more than 170 people are expected to be identified in hundreds of files that may expose more about Epstein's sex trafficking of women and girls in New York, New Mexico, the U.S. Virgin Islands, that's Little St. James, and elsewhere. Some of the names may simply have been included in depositions, emails, or legal documents. So, um, sorry, I just read something else on my note. I guess. So anyways, what they're saying is the people in these depositions, in these files might not actually be dudes who touched girls or what have you. They might actually just people be like business associates of Epstein because while he was doing this, he was like pretending to be super business guy and like working for hedge funds or something. And so they're like, some of the files might just be from that. So when you get this list of 170 names, they're not all kid touchers. Some of them are actually the kids I got touched. Um, yeah. So I was, I had in my notes to read who Jeffrey Epstein was. I don't, should I do that? I feel like you all know who Jeffrey Epstein was, but let's just, okay, let's just, okay. I'm going to talk about Jeffrey Epstein because this case is so much more important to understand the mindset of modern politics, the society we live in, not because like of what he did or what happened, but because of what it did because basically boomers and a lot of people were red pilled by the Epstein case because he was convicted in 2005. Here, let me read, let me read you this background. So Jeffrey Edward Epstein born January 20th and lived till August 10th, 2019 was an American financier and sex offender born in, I love how they put that in the Wikipedia, but he was convicted of it. So you do get to call him a sex offender without it being liable. Callback. Born and raised in New York City, Epstein began his professional life by teaching at the Dalton School, despite lacking a college degree. There's your first weird red flag. Is like, how do you get a job teaching at a school without any degree? After his dismissal from the school, he entered the banking and finance sector. Working at Bear Stearns, which, if you know stuff about the fucking stocks and shit, apparently that's a big deal. So how he went from teaching without a degree and then just work at Bear Stearns, one of the foremost finance outfits is that basically that's why people say he was with the CIA because they're like, got him in there so that he could like research and do stuff either that, or he was like Doogie Hauser level intelligent could just do whatever the fuck he wanted in various roles before starting his own firm. Epstein developed an elite social circle and procured many women and children whom he and his associates sexually abused. 
In 2005, police in Palm Beach, Florida, began investigating Epstein after a parent reported that he had sexually abused her 14-year-old daughter. Federal officials had identified 36 girls. This is back in 2005. This is 18 years ago. Some as young as 14 years old, whom Epstein had allegedly sexually abused. Epstein pleaded guilty and was convicted in 2008 by a Florida state court of procuring a child for prostitution and soliciting a prostitute. He was convicted of only these two crimes as part of a controversial plea deal and served almost 13 months in custody, but with extensive work releases. So what that means was they, he basically went and slept at the jail on the weekends. And then during the week he went and ran his financial firm. I don't know why they let him do that. And this 2005 thing, basically he got, um, he got charged with, he got charged with like 36 counts of procuring children for prostitution, but he only got convicted of one of those and trying to acquire the like sexual favors of prostitute, like soliciting a prostitute is basically when you go, Hey, you're a prostitute. I'll give you money for sex. And it's an undercover cop. And then they charge you. So he got off on this wild plea deal that this is the other reason that people say he was CIA because they they're saying that like it came down from the top to be like, Hey, cut this guy loose, charge him with, you got to give him charge him with something, but give him like the lowest of the low of charges. And this is also when you have two eras. Okay. Like when you have an Epstein associates, there's two eras. There's pre 2005 and there's post 2005. So pre 2005, people can be like, look, I never knew this guy was a fucking dirt bag. Once I found out I left. So like Trump hung out with this guy in the nineties. And then they say there was an argument over a real estate deal where I think uh, they were they were like they used to hang out in Florida and buy real estate and be like moguls, be like ha ha ha, let's buy money and be rich white people, ba ba ba. And then Trump realized he was a dirtbag, and then undercut him on some big real estate deal, and they had a big falling out, and they never really talked since. And then you have post two thousand and five Epstein associates like Bill Gates, who knows about what he went to jail for knew that was a plea deal, knew he did so much worse, but still hung out with the guy anyway. And that's a lot worse because they're like, look, if you were hanging out with Epstein after 2005, it was either that he had blackmail on you and it was like using you as kind of like money laundering, but for his reputation, like he was like, hey, you have to hang out with me so people think I'm a nicer guy than I am. Or I'm going to tell the world that you, what you did and Bill Gates is so evil. He probably didn't even care. He's like, he he's probably more evil than Epstein, but we don't have to get into that. I don't really need that heat on my podcast. Although it would probably get me more views. Actually, I just don't want to do that much research right now, but you should watch. Fuck. I can't remember there's an episode of Jimmy. Just Google episode. Just go search Jimmy door and Jimmy Dore on Bill Gates. He does a wicked episode where he talks about all the news media organizations that Bill Gates bought off just so he could save his own reputation. Okay. Epstein was arrested again on July 6, 2019 on federal charges for the sex trafficking of minors in Florida and New York. He died in his jail cell on August 10th, 2019. 
This is the Epstein didn't kill himself. And this is the whole reason I'm talking about the story of Epstein. Not the whole reason, but the main reason I'm reading you this background is so you can know what everybody else found out. And then he just got fucking killed in his jail cell. And then like the tapes were gone. They weren't recording it. He was on suicide watch before that, but they took him off. His like in his, he was sharing a cell with this giant ex cop who was super dirty. So they're saying he was hired to kill him and stuff. And this basically like when you talk about conspiracy talk, this is more background on conspiracies in general. One of the things everybody refers to is red pilling. You can go watch the past episode of the show. It's red pill, white pill, black pill, whatever. And what it is, is people refer to red pilling. That's from the matrix. When um, Morpheus gives Neo the choice of having a red pill or a blue pill, the red pill basically unhooks you from the matrix. You wake up, you shoot you get shit out of your like slime tube if you don't know what i'm talking about you haven't watched the matrix i don't even know what the fuck you're doing here because that is like required viewing and it's good so go watch it or he gives him the blue pill where he goes back to sleep and goes back into the matrix and doesn't think of anything so red pilling is basically a reference in conspiracy theory where it's like the moment you woke up and you started believing in conspiracies for me, I'm an old school guy. I was, I was slowly red pilled cause I grew up in the church. So it was like, I would have these questions about how like religion, like Christian religion counteracts itself. And then I was told stuff like, you don't ask questions. We don't talk about that here. And I was like, wait, that seems kind of like fucked up. So that was like the beginning of my red pill where it was like slow and gradual and then i could it like so that's the way red pilling usually works like you go you find a red pill daddy like joe rogan's probably got so many red pill babies where it's like he'll say something like operation paperclip and you're like what's that and then you'll go research it and you'll be like holy shit they took nazis after world war ii and sent them to america and then boom that's your red pill or the moon landing is fake, although that one's hard to prove. Like JFK is another one. It's basically any really large conspiracy theory that is super popular. And once you get, you read that, you're like, oh, hey, there's something fucking going on in the world. People are lying to me. And then you go down the rabbit hole, as they would say. Like Alice fell down the rabbit hole. Fuck. Okay, that's the rabbit hole is another reference to the Matrix because Morpheus says take the red pill and see how far down the rabbit hole goes. I don't. It's hard. Anyways, basically the term going down the rabbit hole is finding out more and more truth. And um, the problem with like what happened was this Epstein thing, like the whole child trafficking. Okay, I'll give you another little bit of background. So there's a lot of conspiracies. This is usually with the occult or secret societies. What they'll do is they will get a member who wants to come in. Like, say I'm, I want to be a political guy. And I'm like, small guy. I maybe when I get to be mayor of Burnaby or something. And then I go in and be like, hey, I want to go into politics. And they're like, look, if you want to be on the inside track, you have to show that you're ready to play ball. And what they do is allegedly they'll take a video of me having sex with an underage child so that if I ever don't do what they tell me down the road, they could just be like, he had sex with kids. 
here's all this child porn on his computer. Where have you heard that? They find child porn on someone's computer. That was because they just got fucking cut loose from the secret society or whatever. So basically this is like the darkest part of conspiracies where they, where you find out that like kid child trafficking and all this stuff is true. And like, so when you get red pilled with say the Epstein thing, it's going zero to a hundred like you're not like, oh, hey, this weird thing happened. Like the JFK, was there more than one people? You're like, no, they're fucking trafficking kids and they're covering it up. Epstein is proof. He got killed in his cell. So what happened was a lot of adults got red-pilled and it was so extreme it almost broke their brain. So in 2019, when Epstein was found dead and they covered it up, a lot of people who had never really believed in conspiracies were just red pilled immediately. And it was like, it was too much that it fractured their brain. And this is why QAnon and everything got popular and stuff like that. Wait, QAnon was popular before that, like 2016 and stuff. But, um, oh no, wait, uh, yeah, so anyway, so the Epstein red pill thing. So I guess it would have happened before that because one of the re ways that Trump got into office was he said he was going to drain the swamps. Okay, I guess the Epstein red pill could have started in 2005 when he got off super lenient and everybody was like, what the fuck? And then it just built up from that. So this whole, the whole 14 years of Epstein from charge to charge, red pill the whole bunch of like boomers and generation Xers. And then they just like, it was just like traumatically showing you that there's truth out there that is disgusting and you're not comfortable with. And that's why you have a whole bunch. Anyways, this is like the Epstein case is important to understand like the mentality of like boomers or why conspiracies are so right wing now because it's all like these people found out and then you had a guy like, Trump saying he was going to drain the swamp and stuff, which I mean, if you want to get right into it, Trump did have ties with Epstein in the nineties, but they did have a very violent or well, not violent, like physical, but like the way that the ties were severed was violent. I mean, just like exact quick, and extreme like it was just like they were like hey we party or whatever and some say what happened was trump found out about the girls because epstein would um recruit girls and stuff at mar-a-lago and the one of the things they're saying was like Eps like so what they're saying was that one of the sayings one of the sayings one of the things that they're talking about is the whole real estate deal and that Okay, before when I said they they severed ties violently, I I might have stepped out turn. Okay, I'm just trying to reason this out as we go. I'm sorry. These are these are all theories that just come to me and I put them out in the world so that they don't have to live inside my head and ruin my Christmas with darkness. I just put them out so they can ruin all of your Christmas. I'm sorry for this. If you're listening to this, it's too late because we're already like 50 minutes in. But just rewind your brain and don't listen to this before Christmas. Anyways. So what happened, what could have happened was Trump and Epstein severed ties after the real estate deal in the nineties. And then they weren't friends, but what, and then they were kind of just cause they ran in the same circles, maybe like Trump kind of like just fucking put up with him. But then maybe then what's saying is Trump found out about the underage women 
and stuff, which is kind of weird because Trump owned Miss Teen America or whatever, and he was like, kind of like, some say weird stuff happened, but I don't know. But I think what happened was Trump got so grossed out about Epstein and found out that he was like recruiting girls who worked at Mar-a-Lago. I should have looked this up because I don't know when Trump owned Mar-a-Lago, but whatever. So when they're saying one of the things that a lot of uh, conspiracy theorists refer to when Trump said drain the swamp, it was all of this. Like he was thinking about like, and you had like the pedophile rings and stuff that Trump was saying. He's like, I'm going to stop pedophiles and stuff. And maybe it was just too big because it was all backed by Mossad. Because if all of, if the Mossad has all this blackmail on all these pedophiles and stuff, they're not going to want it to be brought out in the open and displayed for everyone to see. They're going to want to keep it secret so that they can keep manipulating the U.S. government to like give them money, support them in the war and all this stuff. I guess the part where this falls apart is Trump also backs Israel and stuff. So I don't know. Maybe they have something on Trump. Anyway, so when Trump was saying drain the swamp, he was talking about this. Maybe he found out that Israel was had all this stuff and that's why he couldn't drain the swamp. Because he realized there's a big bad behind everything. Yeah. This is kind of funny because I was like worried I wouldn't have enough to talk about. And yet again, I'm at this point where I was like, I fucking talked about way too much. I kind of got to bring it in and start closing it out because it's already been like an hour. So I was going to read you this big list of people associated with Epstein. Not from this Epstein list that's getting released for Listmas. That's supposed to come out January 1st, by the way. But if you go to epsteinsblackbook.com, I think that's what it is. Uh, let me just look it up. Do, do, do. Because I have a couple more notes I wanted to just get quick through. Okay, so you go to epsteinsblackbook.com. You can look at pages that were scanned from Epstein's little black book of addresses and stuff, which he destroyed. But somebody who worked at Little St. James had scanned because they had the people who worked at little St. James had access to this black book so they could call people. And this is basically just the list of people that Epstein had and he had all their phone numbers and stuff. So you can go to Epstein's and look at all the people who he had phone numbers for. That doesn't mean anything necessarily, but it could mean stuff. Like he, like one of the first ones is he had Peggy Seagal, who's a New York publicist, connected people and hosted screenings to get movies into the Oscars and stuff. Like he could have just had her number because he wanted to like, you know, be bougie and go to the Oscars. Or he could have been like, hey, Peggy, I have this blackmail on you. I'm trying to do a solid for this other person who owes me a favor by getting them an Oscar. So that you see what I mean? Like all this, like, cause like, well, if you get Oscars, it helps you get funding for movies and all this stuff. It's like, it's this whole thing. But then you also have like the flight logs. Cause Jeffrey Epstein had like a private plane. And there are situations where it's like Epstein would be like, Hey, do you need a ride somewhere? I'm going over there to like these rich people who don't really pay attention. They're like, just hop on my jet. It's already flying from Boston to LA. You're going from Boston to LA. Why not just hop on? And do people be like, yeah, sure. I'll get on there. And pre 2005, 
if you showed up on this list, you could be like, I didn't know he was a creep. But after 2005, you're like, you're a child molester. I'm not getting on your airplane, even though it will save me hundreds of dollars. But that was called the lead, the nickname for it was the Lolita Express. And uh, Bill Clinton flew on it 26 times. That doesn't mean he went to anywhere nefarious and did nefarious things. That just means that Bill Clinton was on Epstein's private list or private jet 26 separate times. And then you have someone like Prince Andrew who was in the black book and in the jet log. Yeah, the flight log from the jet. Alec Baldwin, he was just in the black book. Then you have Steve Bannon who wasn't on either, but he had met with Epstein in his house and they think that Steve Bannon was Q and all this stuff. So anyways, I, when I did my research like a couple weeks ago, I had a list of the who's who of this list as like a reason why people weren't talking about what's happening in Israel. Because say you have, because in here, here, I'll just find you a good example. Uh, so you have Hamish Bowles. He was the European editor at large of Vogue and he was in the black book. So like Vogue isn't really a news organization, but if you figure that he had the editor of Vogue's phone number in his black book, you can also assume that maybe someone else who's a pretty big person on a media thing could also owe him a favor. So they wouldn't be talking about Israel because all of the blackmail that Epstein had Mossad now has. Um, also when I was talking about, uh, why people aren't speaking out about what's happening in, um, uh, sorry, I was just reading this note. Okay. Uh, oh, and then I wanted to talk about this, uh, where was it? Um, so yeah, basic, uh, another thing I, I just wanted to mention this about this whole list miss thing is this could be an internal political maneuver to get us weapons out of Netanyahu's hands because what's happening is all of these bombs that Netanyahu's dropping in Gaza, a lot of them, not all of them, but a fair chunk of them are stamped with the U S name because they're from the U S and they're giving them to Netanyahu and he's bombing these places and it's ruining the U S kind of, um, reputation with the rest of the world. So U S is being drugged down with like, because everywhere else is like, dude, what the fuck is going on in the Gaza strip? Like you've killed 8,000 children. That's enough. Stop bombing. And then U S is like, nah, I think it's okay. He could do what he wants. They have a right to defend themselves. Um, the, Hamas came to Egypt and, or not to Egypt to Israel and killed 1400 people or something. So they should be allowed to go kill 20,000 as of a week ago or something and blow up 70% of the buildings in the Gaza strip. Oh, also this keeps getting brought up like the Dresden bombings, which was the allied forces, bombed Germany during World War II and they're called the Dresden bombs and they would just they it was one of the most horrific times that they had attacked civilians and civilian infrastructure which post World War II is now a war crime because they had the Geneva Convention because of what happened during World War II was so fucking awful and terrible 
that the world got together and they're like, look, we can't fucking do this again. This was fucking ridiculous. We got all caught up and carried away. Germany was bombing London. We were bombing Dresden. So when they bomb, when the allies bombed Dresden, the one horrible thing that everybody keeps bringing up, they destroyed like 59% of Dresden civilian infrastructure and buildings were Israel's already destroyed like 70% of the buildings in Gaza. I don't have the specific numbers, but they've killed like they've destroyed like a hundred and like over 200 mosques and all this stuff, a whole bunch of schools, like all the hospitals are gone. But anyways, so yeah, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, so this whole Lis Epstein Lismas thing, I feel like this I'm gonna tell you her name again because Loretta Preska needs to get some props from this. So she what happened was she was like, It's Monday, December eighteenth. In two weeks, fourteen days, I'm gonna open this list of names from this other case. And she gave it two weeks so that people could like contact her and be like hey take me off this list i don't want my name to be public or whatever and then so victims of the abuse can say hey i don't want my name out there either and then stuff so it's like i feel like this is good news for everybody who wants a ceasefire in israel okay this is me i'm wrapping it up now so this is good news for everybody who wants a ceasefire and wants the war crimes by the Geneva Convention and all the all the definitions of war crimes. War crimes are happening because Israel has been attacking civilian infrastructure, doing cumulative punishment, i.e. bombing a lot of Israel as punishment for what Hamas did to Israel. Sorry, they're bombing Gaza. I think I said that wrong. And that's one of the things they're like, like Netanyahu's like, remember the Dresden bombings? They did that and everybody was okay. It was like, well, no, we weren't okay with it because we came up with these whole rules of engagement that now it's against the law and considered crimes against humanity to do shit like the Dresden bombings because we realize how bad that was and how fever pitched we were at total war. By the way, total war is a term that means when two countries are at total war, that means that they're like, fuck it, everything goes and they just bomb everything. And we never want to reach that state because, side note, one of the reasons why life has been so good since World War II was because the U.S. has been the world police. Because after World War II, Britain, Germany, Japan... Italy, Austria, fucking all Spain, all these other countries that had good navies and armadas, they all got wiped out in World War II. But since the U.S. stayed out of World War II till near the end and they came up and bombed Japan and picked up scraps and said they want everything themselves, since they did that, they still had the giant navy active all their ships weren't sunk. So what happened was, for better or worse, U.S. kind of became the de facto police of the high seas. So they would stop piracy. They would stop countries from warring with each other because they would just 
like right now they ha- they fly in like a carrier that's like an air carrier so it has like strike jets and all that stuff they fly it into over by the entrance to the Suez Canal and they're like hey everybody fuck off we're keeping so they did that since like the 50s or since World War II so 1949 so they'd done that the whole time so nothing ever got out of hand so that we could have global shipping routes where countries could trade with each other and not have to worry about say pirates or up and coming countries just going and getting too big for their britches and going attacking shipping lanes and stuff but now with this whole fucking thing in Israel that's coming into threat again because what's happening is the Houthis out of Houthis yeah it's the Houthis not the Houthis sorry the Houthis out of Yemen which is sorry I'm not going to put a map in there but like the Suez Canal which goes through Europe goes from like um the Mediterranean Sea to the oh okay I'm going to look up a map um I'm not going to put this I'm not going to edit in maps and stuff cuz I kind of want to just edit this together and throw it out so it's out before Christmas because I don't want the fucking thing uh wait Google Maps I want Google Maps Google Maps Google Maps cuz I want to look up the name I don't want to put pictures of these things in the podcast, but I want to at least look up the names of what's going on. Okay. So Yemen and Djibouti are the two countries that are, so you have the Gulf of Aden. Okay. So you have the Arabian sea. Okay. So you have the Indian ocean. (laughs) We'll start at the Indian ocean. This would be so much easier. You know what? I'll just, okay. I'm going to put a map in. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just fuck. I'll fuck. I'll just do it. So you have the, Nah, because then I have to put like six maps in. So you have the Indian Ocean and then you go in and that leads to the Arabian Sea. And that's in between India and Oman and Yemen and Somalia. So it's basically off the east coast of Africa, just west coast of India, south of, of all the stands and Iran. So then you got the Gulf of Aden, which is in between Somalia, Yemen, and Djibouti. So Djibouti's above Yemen, and Yemen's on the other side. No, sorry, Djibouti's above Somalia, and Yemen's on the other side. So this is basically, there's a little strait here that goes from the Gulf of Aden into the Red Sea. And Yemen's on one side, and Djibouti's on the other. So the Houthis out of Yemen are attacking any ships that are trying to go through this little pinchy part to go from the Gulf of Aden into the Red Sea. And they're attacking anybody who's flying like an Israeli flag or is headed to Israel because at the top of the Red Sea, you get up to the Gulf of Suez, which goes up to the Suez Canal, which gets you basically from the Indian Ocean to the Mediterranean Sea without going down around the Horn of Africa, which is basically the continent of Africa. You don't want to have to sail down around there because that adds two weeks onto your shipping. So what's happening now is Yemen is attacking the ships that are going to Israel and then a whole bunch of international shipping companies are like, fuck this, we're not going up into the Red Sea and getting bombed. 
just so we could go to the Suez Canal. We're going to sail down around the Horn of Africa. We're going to add two weeks onto our trip of goods for the world. And we're going to burn all this extra gas and just make the fucking global warming that much worse. Hey, by the way, how much, how much gas slash diesel do you think a container ship will burn in two weeks? Now, how guilty do you feel about having an com internal combustion car instead of getting an electric car just so you can cut down on your emissions? Meanwhile, these fucking idiots who are doing power plays for no goddamn reason other than they want more land are causing every container ship in the world to go fucking an extra two weeks and drive up the cost of gas because diesel and gas come from the same barrels that they sell. And then fuck up global shipping again just at like it's not even fixed from covid and that time that fucking dumb ship got stuck in the suez canal so what's happening what would have happened back in like 19 fit like the reason i brought up the whole u.s naval um supremacy was in the old days the Na the fucking U.S. would just park a ship like a carrier in the Gulf of Aden as kind of like a hey no you you fucking jerks stop fucking around stop shooting at each other Dale needs to buy all that Dale needs all the food and stuff that he needs to be shipped although I'm not getting anything from the Indian Ocean but people like Italy and stuff that's how they get that's where they get all their shit but the reason this isn't working anymore is because Technology has advanced, so Yemen is getting these like $20,000 drones that are just one-way drones, which means they only fly for a couple hours, but you just fucking tape a missile to that, and you fly it at a ship, you spent $20,000, whereas the missiles they need to shoot those drones down that the U.S. has cost $1 to $2 million. So you can see where I'm going with this. And why you and Yemen's only doing this because they want a ceasefire in Palestine. And this brings it all back because maybe this good girl, good girl, I want to say good guy, but that doesn't ring true. The hero, Loretta Preska, is maybe working behind the scenes to get some of the blackmail pressure off of the U.S. senators and stuff. So that maybe we can have a ceasefire. So what I say. Happy Epstein Lismas. I hope this comes through. I hope this in some way the adults figure out how to say, hey, Israel, stop what you're doing. Maybe find a way for them to save face and backing down so that we don't have the exact opposite thing of what happened in 1948. where. Israel, when it was defending itself, won the war. Hopefully, um, why did I forget? Hamas. Yeah, anyways. So hopefully Hamas doesn't take, because Israel's like, they're also losing like fucking $300 million a day of this war. And all of their like soldiers or recruits, because Israel's only, Israel's like Canada. It's only like 40 million people. They don't have enough people to fight a full-blown war. Like, America has 300 million, and no other country stepped in because everybody knows 
how good life is has been for the last what 50 let's just round it off to 50s last 70 years 75 years since world war ii it's been pretty great we're getting tvs from japan that's what i mean tvs from japan technology all this stuff um it's been pretty good to be in the world since then and we don't want to go back to a time where you can't do global shipping because some fucking little country that's at the entrance to the Red Sea doesn't want people to go through and starts pir being pirates and like taking a whole bunch of money. Okay, so I'm just open. Sorry, I'm up opening up the world meter because I said the population of Israel and now it made me curious to see how many people live in Israel. And Canada is 38,781,000. I only bring that up because that's my country of choice or my country of where I live. United States is 340 million. So almost 10 times as much. Where is Israel? Come on. Do, 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 do. Oh, shit. This, I thought it would be right below Canada. Oh my God, this is going to be so annoying. Oh, there we are. Israel is ranked 98 in the world. They only have 9,174,000. So the problem is, if some of these other Arab community countries get involved and say, hey, we kind of want to back up Hamas here, there's not enough people in Israel to fucking hold on to that. Like, So we got to put a ceasefire together. And anything that gets this war stopped i am all for because it is starting to have implications on everybody's lives like it it did as an existential threat like oh we can't have people dying over there because it makes me sad but now it's like hey if we lose global shipping what the fuck does that mean like if we go back to pre-1950s where like each major country has their own navy and does their own policing like that's one of the reasons why we lost like fucking um uh colonization and shit well, that's actually how world war one started was because germany wanted to colonize just like um the uh just like fucking england and france had been doing and that's why germany joined or that's why Japan joined Germany because Japan in the Sino-Russian war. So Japan had a war with Russia. Japan won. And they're like, all right, spoils of war. Let's go. Give me some land, Russia, because Japan's this tiny island. And they're like, we're land, We're fucking sea locked. We need some mainland stuff. And then they went to go take land from Russia because they won a war. They won fair and swear. And then the world was like, no, you can't have that. We're not doing colonization anymore. Then Germany was like, wait, what? I want to colonize. Our country basically has the best technology at the time of the world. We want more land and we want to put people somewhere. And I think they wanted to go after Belgium. Sorry, I wasn't planning on thinking about this. So they wanted to colonize Belgium. And then everybody's like, Fuck, you can't do that. Belgium's right next to fucking France and Holland. We're not going to let you just go in there. And then they fought a world war and then world war two started because <clears throat> Germany was all like, you guys are too harsh with what happened after world war one. So they started world war two. And since then life's been pretty good. Pre 1950, 
pre-1949 to post-1949, I'm taking post-1949 every time. Because, like, we went from fucking technology just shot because you had just the world working together. Like, you had some big brain scientists and the U.S. being like, oh, I'm thinking of this stuff. And then you had, like, good scientists in Japan being like, hey, bro, I can help you make that. Do, 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 do. We're a globe now. We all work together. And then you have, like, a nice montage of happy music of the whole world, different companies contributing to, like, technology. And then we get cars that are super good. Then we get computers, which I like. Then we get smartphones. And now it's all at risk. If we lose globalization, we won't have smartphones. Are you ready to live your life without a smart? Are you ready to live without this podcast? Because that's where we're going. We're going to go to a world without podcasts. Stop the war. Cease fire now. Save podcasts. (laughs) 